0: Three the championship right here is the future voc nation radio network wrestling with history the voice of choice bruce work killer ken resnick and ken guess what today is
1: uh it it's all day today till midnight and then it'll be tomorrow
0: today is six days before the world changes forever six days until lysol is back on the shelves coronavirus is a distant memory it's just six days until the world is back to normal because on november 4th republicans and democrats alike everything will go back to normal politicizing will stop and it'll just be rainbows and puppy dogs right
1: Um, based on that, Bruce, I'd like to talk to you. I can make you this great deal on a bridge in Brooklyn.
0: Well, we'll talk about (laughs) that later. (laughs) Ken, because of the World Series, you know, we don't want to compete with the biggest baseball games in the, the, the season, the pandemic-shortened season. We're not gonna try to compete with Major League Baseball this week. And I know people still want good content, but we we weren't ready to give them Starcade 84 on a week when you're finishing up the World Series. Everybody's watching all of the political news shows. It's all coming down to a, a, a big uh, crescendo And we don't want to compete against that. So this week, instead of giving you Stargate 84, we're going to give you, we're going to go back in time to an interview we did almost a year ago. Ken, we're going to give them General Adnan Al KC. It was a great interview we did. I was on the road in LA doing something else for for another business venture, but you and Brady Hicks held down the fort, and uh, we did an awesome chat with General Adnan, and he said some really Uh, amazing things, things that I didn't know, like his friendship with Saddam Hussein.
1: Uh, It it was a great interview, and and, uh, as I said before we got into it, you know, back then, uh, really in all of the the tremendous people I've worked with uh, in wrestling, uh, Adnan is my closest friend. Um, You know, he was very close to to my family, was very close to my mom. Uh, We continued to talk uh, weekly, so he felt pretty comfortable, and as you said, he he opened up a lot of things that I I don't think uh, previously he has really felt comfortable talking about in depth uh, the way he did with us.
0: Yeah, and it it was a great interview. So if you haven't listened to it the first time, and we have so many new listeners since the first time uh, we did this and when we launched this uh, show last year. So I want to invite you to sit back, relax, whatever you're driving in your car, don't do that. But whatever you're doing, just uh, enjoy, enjoy this interview with General Adnan. And by the way, I'm, I'm purely joking about the politics stuff you know I, I love Republicans and Democrats alike but can I am not voting for either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. My candidate will never give you up. he'll never let you down. he'll never run around, he'll never desert you, he'll never make you cry. he'll never say goodbye, never tell a lie and he'll never hurt you. My candidate voting? Are... Rick Ashley. I'm voting. It's a write-in vote for Rick Ashley.
1: I have no words. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide.
2: VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring pro wrestling illustrator Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archived free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation
3: Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network.
4: The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio
0: network. Uh, With
1: us now, man, uh, and full disclosure, he's probably uh, one of, if not my closest friend in the business, Uh, VOC Nation and Wrestling with History would like to welcome Sheik. General Adnan El-Casey. Adnan, how are you, my friend?
5: I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for that introduction. I've been waiting for the interview, and I do my best to give you everything as it is and as it happens and so forth, and so on.
1: You know, Adnan, let's kind of first uh, talk about, you know, in professional wrestling, you know, we have so many people that are, are portrayed, you know, from Russia or this country or that country that do this or do that, but you, when you were the talked about as, as being Sheik Adnan al-Kasey from Baghdad, Iraq, you actually grew up in Baghdad and in, are in, in Iraqi.
5: Well, I did, yes, that's my home. Baghdad, Iraq, and my father is a clergyman in the mouth of the Muslim faith. And his brother, who was the biggest mufti for the whole Arab world, and, you know, just like the Pope, you know. And well, we a big family, and finally, actually, I started it in the sports back home in the high school. Uh, playing soccer, I love soccer, and I was doing very, very good. And then on top of that, I was doing wrestling, amateurs, not a pro, you know. Uh, and we wrestled the Turks because they got some good wrestlers and they come, and we go there see them, and we went to Iran, Tehran, and they got the best wrestlers in the world. A lot of gold medals go over into these two countries when the Olympics happened. You know, and nothing will appear. So I decided, you know, somebody helped me from the United States of America, and he said, "You are wasting your time, my friend." I said, "What do you mean by that?" I mean, of course, I got to have an enter Somebody translated to him what he's talking because <laughs> I don't speak the language. And he said, uh, "You got good potential." You don't have any fun on your body. Uh, you have a champion of wrestling yeah, for two years in a row. You play soccer, and uh, and then I could send you to America and get you a scholarship, and you can go there or wrestle for them. And I think <laughs> later on you're gonna develop to something else and better and better, and then you will like it. I said, well, as long as I can get my degrees. He said, of course you're gonna study when you get over there. I said, okay, thank you. So I gave him my high school of credential and two weeks later he sent for me. He said, we've got everything we talked about. I said, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. <laughs> so, you know, we think, got with things, and I told my mom, and she starts crying. You know, I was the baby in the family, and I was his baby, you know. And my daddy was happy about it. My brothers, I got four brothers one sister. They didn't obligate, you know, so I did. I came to and the Where, where the did United you end up going my,
1: to where did you end up going to college?
5: I went to Oklahoma State for a while
0: and
5: I wrestled for them and I was I had full scholarship, but I didn't finish my degree. I went back to Portland State University in Portland, Oregon, because I had a lot of friends from home. They are there, and they called me talked to me. said, you come over. We'll get everything for you. So I went to Portland, Oregon, and right away I introduced myself to the coach, uh, Howard Westcott, his name. He was pretty old at that time, and I was helping him a lot. And he said, I want to give you the coaching job because you could do the job better than I did. Anyway, so I stayed there, and I got only like one year to finish my degree, and I did it, and I got my degree from the University of Portland. And later on, I kept teaching, I mean, helping and wrestling and this and that, and I worked on my master's degree, from the University of Oregon. And the University of Oregon got a hell of a team of wrestling. And in uh, Eugene, Oregon. And Corvallis, Oregon, they got another university there. And they have some good wrestling team. So it was good. I enjoyed visit all these people and wrestle with them, tournaments that happened and I'm there and this and that. And I stayed around. And I, of course, had to turn a pro to make living.
4: <laughs>
5: so I did, you know, and I trust a little in Oregon, and they had the T V and the promoter when he found out who I was, what I am from, he loved it. He said we don't have anybody genuine. We can speak the language, coming from there and everybody will have they say they're from Russia, they end up from Yugoslavia somewhere. Anyway.
1: <laughs> now, Adnan, was that Don Owens? Well, I was the Oh, okay, we got you back. We lost you for yeah, a little I bit. Yeah, I am back, yeah.
5: Yeah, I know. It just it, the phone shut off. I don't know. From <laughs> my side, your side. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, we've got Brady running the board, Adnan, so, you know, we, we, yeah, we're, we're lacking a little, Brady. <laughs> just kidding. I apologize. Uh,
3: I, I don't know what happened. I was just staring at it, and it disconnected, but i I, yeah, quick I know to get I him know back. I, that's yeah. weird. I I think we're having a problem with our provider tonight, but I'm so glad to have you back, Adnan. Please continue, thank Ken. I, I'm yeah, sorry. thank you.
5: Well, I I just like to say, you know, when you uh, Ken, when you you are absolutely right. I mean, I was scared to death because I was only eighteen years of age. I don't speak the language, and I'm coming to the United States of America. And I thought I gotta go wrestle at uh, Oklahoma State University, one of the best wrestling team in the country. So I made it. I made it, and I did, and everything was perfect and so I got my degrees and. I turn a pro and I wrestle all, I got, you know, very well, Ken, you were my interviewer on television. <laughs>
1: sure. Now, I know when, and, when you, we, when we lost you, you talked about just kind of getting into professional wrestling. Was the promoter Don Owens?
5: Don Owens. You're right. Don Owen and his brother Alton Owens. They promote, <laughs> the whole state of Oregon and then when they found out about me they were very shocked and very excited I mean they did everything in their power to get me because you know here you are you're a gentleman, you speak the language and you speak another language and you're a hell of a wrestler. and one the NCAA and AAU Pan Am, and all that so I did and I did very well in Portland, Oregon and I kept wrestling, you know, and teaching the team, Portland State University team. I was the the coach, and I trained them, and I didn't have to pay for my schooling for my master's degree because I was helping. Uh, as a coach, they didn't pay me. <laughs> so no, I did no. all the things that needed to be done, and uh, from then, the pro lightened up pretty good, and... You know, I came to Minnesota, and you were now. now I, the I, uh, who, who, who
1: Who kind of trained you uh, in, in pro wrestling, and, and who kind of, you know, in the ring taught you the business?
5: Well, to be very honest with you, uh, you know, I spent a lot of years in amateur wrestling, yep. and I know my wrestling very well. And then it's just not, you know, very difficult. And i uh, standing up, walking, moving, locking up, this, walking around, everything. And I was in shape. I'm not going to get tired. So when I went to Oklahoma and, you know, and, and did all that, it was perfect for me. You don't understand what I'm saying? I was right on top. I was right on top. And then and back in Portland, Oregon, I got the degrees done, and then they start sending for me. Alton uh, like, Owens spent so much money, and Dan Owens used me, and they used me on the many times everywhere in Oregon. I stayed for a while. And then slowly I switched to WWF, and I went over there, and things got bigger and bigger and bigger. And Jay Strombo. They was using him as an Indian in there, you know, not I teamed up with him for a while. And from then, Japan came along. After that, Australia came along. And Manila, the Philippines, Europe, name it. I did pretty well everywhere yeah. I went. Yeah.
1: I, I'm, a, I'm sure a, a lot of the, the fans listening are, are surprised the extensive amateur background you, you have, but when you kind of transferred into the pro- professional wrestling, who were some of the veterans, you know, out in Oregon uh, that worked for Don Owens that kind of, if you will, showed you the ropes or kind of taught you maneuvers and, and more what pro wrestling it was like as, as opposed to, to the you know amateur
5: wrestling. Well, there was a guy who helped me a lot. His name is Tony Bourne. He's local from Portland, Oregon, and he's short, and he is not the best pro wrestling you can get or amateur, never wrestling amateur. But he took a liking to me, and we a good friend, and I met him in his house, and. I ate his family, I met his family, and he started training me, he started showing me, and slowly a lot of people came in, you know, to YMCA and other places, to the gym and all that, until I got, he said, you know, they told me, I said, hey, you do better than us in a pro wrestling right now, said oh, you don't need any help because you got a good background. I said, thanks, and that's how it went.
1: Now, Adnan, what name did you wrestle under when you first started off in Oregon?
5: Oregon. My name.
1: Oh, okay. Adnan Adnan Casey. -Casey. Now, now, how then did you kind of go from Oregon to Hawaii, where you wrestled as Billy White Wolf?
5: Well, when I came to Hawaii, you know, I never been in Hawaii. And, uh, there was a girl that I know very well in Portland, Oregon. She belonged to one of these Ferrochi ferro t- girls' uh, house or girls or something. And she was going with uh, 20 girls to Hawaii for vacation, and she asked me if I can go. I said, yeah, I never been in Hawaii. I don't know what is Hawaii. What is Hawaii? She kept telling me. I said, I have no idea. I went, and I came in, and I left the place.
1: You, you uh, and twenty girls. So it was you and yeah, twenty girls. Did she they, have to? <laughs> I, I hope she didn't have to go out of her way to talk you into making that trip.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm not kidding you. There were so many girls, but they all sorority or morority. I don't know what the hell they were. They had a lot of people who belonged to the same home or house. So they all stayed in there, and the other girl, and we went out around the shopping around, looking around, and the stuff like that. And then later on, and, and then uh, when I came back, uh, Don Owen had bought Hawaii. He uh, Bought oh, okay. the territory of Hawaii. Yeah. And he owns it, and he gave it to Ada Francis. Ada Francis, one of the old timer wrestling. A villain. Good villain. And he took it. And he, knows and he knows because I worked out with him and I wrestled him in Portland. And, and the first thing when he got over here in Hawaii, he called me. He said, you're the first guy. Everything is paid for you to come. I said, are you serious? I said, we're going to guarantee you some good money and then you're going to get the wrestle here and you're going to be because Japan are closed, Australia are closed, and you're gonna become very, very good because you're already morphing very well. So he did, and again, and that's how we started.
1: You, you know, Adnan, let's b- before we get into how you transition to you know the AWA, where where we met, living in in Minneapolis. I know Bruce w- was very interested, uh, and, and Bruce, you brought. Uh, brought up. Uh, Adnan kind of had a a pretty famous high school classmate.
0: Yeah, Adnan, you were friends um, I I read with with Saddam Hussein, right? You went to high school with Saddam, grew up with Saddam. I'm just curious you, you had moved over to the States, but you watched Saddam grow that regime from afar. Take me through what That was like emotionally for you, and then watching the two wars that happened uh, in in that time period as well.
5: That was a
0: polarizing time.
5: Well, to be very honest with you, uh, when when I went back after I turned pro and went around the world and became very good and everybody knows me, I got the degree. I went back home. That's around the seventy one. And he was there and he sent it, one of the biggest uh, tank with machine guns all of that to my house. And they knock on the door. When I saw that, I was shaking. I said, What the hell is going on? He said, Your good friend, Saddam Hussein, wants to see you. I said, Oh my God. So oh, I got oh, in boy. the van and I went home. I mean, I went to the uh, palace and he received me and hugged me. We started kissing and he cried, I cried, he cried. And we're good friends, And he took me, shook, grabbed my hand and we went upstairs and sit down or talk about, you know, a lot of things in here and he didn't like some, of the politics that goes on here in the United States of America. So I told him I'm not interested in politics. I'm interested in the wrestling. And I did um, good, good publicity for our country, all over the United States. He was very thrilled about it and so forth. And then he asked me if I could start wrestling here professionally. You got the television, you got the money, you got the car, whatever you need is here. Who do you want? Somebody from the moon will bring them to you? I said, yes, I have no idea. So I started promoting on television, getting interviews and this and that all over the country. It took me like a month. Every station, every radio, every magazine, newspaper, it was so popular. What we talked about was I couldn't even go on the street. I couldn't even walk on the street. And finally, we brought Andre the Giant. I brought him in. To wow. Andre the and what time period was,
0: was, uh, was this? Uh, not, was this in the 70s? 1970.
5: 1970. 1970. Andre
4: 1970.
5: was okay. never been in the States. He was only wrestling in England, France, uh, Europe, England, and all, all around Europe. And then he later on came to America. So I brought him. He cannot even really speak English that well, but he was a huge and when he walked in town, everywhere, oh, my God, they had to keep police and car safe. And it's unbelievable. because he, The block of the city, the traffic, all stopped. They won't, nobody can go anywhere. They just stopped their car and run to see him. And that's how it was. And finally Saddam called me. He said, "Adnan," I said, yeah. I said, why did you let that big lug go by himself? I said, what can I do if I was with him? He said, you take him, put him in a hotel, and then we'll put him on television one weekend every time, and it's better than let him walk in I said, thank you very much. So he came back. They brought him in the big army car, you know. With, finally, I told him about the situation. He said, I oh, was so scared. I thought, I'm not going to make it to here because people, oh, my God they all carrying gun. Everybody, I said, yeah. <laughs> they love you. They love <laughs> wow. you. Oh. So we did our promotion, and we did the biggest how you could ever hear about. The soccer stadium we got out had about 65, 70, 70, 80,000 people, That's including the ground and the pleasure. And we had the thing fact. You can even walk anywhere. But Dan came into the match, you can get into the wrong side. Well, he had to stay way back in general admission which It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And we had a return match in different uh, cities in Baghdad. And uh, later on, it you do i brought some people from Italy, one from uh, Hungarian. He was a good amateur. Different people I brought and we also in Baghdad and all around Baghdad. And Baghdad, it was so popular. The people loved it much. I was so popular. Oh, my God. I could not even even go out anymore. i stay home at night. <laughs> it's impossible. So uh, it was good, you know. It's something that people enjoyed. Yeah. It was, there was a saying by... Uh, God bless his soul, John F. Kennedy. I was watching a bunch of on TV. I was interested in him. I don't know why. He said, it is not what the country can do for you. It is what you can do for your country. That is the, that is the saying. Yeah. So I figured, I mean, I went and I learned this and I pros and, and, and I got to believe what can I do for my country? So, I did the pro thing, and I got united all different minority about five different from minority we have them back at Iraq. They all came to the matches, they all loved each other and shouted and danced. oh, it was unbelievable, unbelievable so that's what Saddam liked about it. He loved it, he loved it, you know I did well, I did no, my I, job
4: <laughs>
1: no, I, no, no no I know. Yeah. You know, we, we, you were living in Minnesota. We were really good friends without yeah. having to, to get into the, the politics and, and only what you're comfortable talking about. But when the Iraqi war broke out, um, you lost – a lot of, of family and and I know eventually w- was able to go back and w- you and I had talked about j- just the the damage that had been done to the the country, but f- how were you able to to deal with that from a, a personal standpoint? I know you and I have talked about so much uh, so many family members that were lost.
5: Well, to be very honest with you i i was I was very really upset. I was very upset. You know, they grabbed Saddam and they locked him up because Saddam was one of the greatest politicians, one of the greatest men you could ever find anywhere smart, intelligent, and straight. You go with him straight, he will be with you straight, and he will take his clothes. And give it to you. What, uh, he came to me, he said, Adnan, I like about you up to now, you never asked me for a dime. I said, I don't need it. If I need it, I'll ask you for money. He said, Don't be hesitating. Whatever you need, let me know. I will give it to you. I said, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we, built, and we went out, and we ate. We want to have uh, some places that entertainment here and there and this and that. I visit every high school, every college, and I talk to the students. I talk to the country. All of it. It was to me. I was busy from six in the morning until about ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock so like at night for two, three months. When I go home, I put my clothes. I can even take them off my suit, you know. So. When they grabbed Saddam, and I found out they're going to kill him, I, I was hurt. I was really hurt. Saddam didn't do anything wrong. You know, politics, politician and politics is so filthy and dirty. Sometimes they don't think about it. Because he was so powerful in the whole Middle East. They all scared of him from Saudi Arabia to Abu Dhabi to Dubai, uh, Rais al-Khaimah. Oman, oh, Jordan, Kuwait—all of them is scared of Saddam because he was so powerful. But he never done anything wrong to them. So the war broke out, and a lot of people got killed. A lot of people got killed, you know. And they grabbed him and they hung him, and all that. So, uh, I—I was quite like a kid. I couldn't stop for 10 Oh, it's—it's it's gone. It's history, you know. And now I guarantee you one thing, Ken, and you could hear that and take this from me. They are so sorry whatever they did to him here in America because they found out later that was not the thing they did. That was the wrong thing to do. They said they don't They said it everywhere.
1: It it was certainly a a difficult time in the world, no question. Now, Adnan, how did you end up coming to Minneapolis and the AWA?
5: Uh, I think I was wrestling and I met Nick Bakunko. And I can remember here in Hawaii, he came in and I was here, you know, and he told me I was going to Australia to Russell and stuff like that, you know, and then he said, I'm going to go to Minnesota and I'm going to be there for a while and I think Minnesota is going to be very good. Why don't you come? I said, well, I don't know anybody in Minnesota. I get you in, so he got me in, and I came in. With him. Yeah, that was and funny. It was funny say, and I got in.
1: Yeah. you and I met. Uh, we lived in the in the same complex. We actually were friends b- before I ever got into wrestling.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I know, and then uh, you you liked wrestling when I was there. You know, I met you and all that. And then I like you, of course. I like your mom. She was just like my mother, you know. she's a beautiful woman. But anyway, and I asked you. I said, Kenda, would you like to be doing anything with wrestling?
4: Do
5: You remember that? Yep. And,
1: and uh, you know, said, I, yeah, I. Yeah,
5: you said. I. You said yes. I, do. I ended up I said, going what down. Do you
1: and was doing uh, sports on TV and then uh, met Vern in that celebrity tournament, and he offered me the job, and then I knew you were there, and you and I talked, and and suddenly we were working together. Now, before we go any further, a a couple people that knew I was going to have you on said you've got to ask him and try and get to the bottom of this. There is no phrase that you use more w- w- with me than, Mr. Ken Resnick, the caravan shall continue and the barking of the dog <laughs> shall never stop. Where did that come from and what does it
5: mean? <laughs> uh, no, you know, I used, to, I used to hear this back home in Arabic. And I was to get it. They said the caravan will continue her mission, and the barking of the dog would never stop the caravan. And I had a mission. I Myself, Ken Patera, Jerry Blackwell, this is my mission. And then we teaming up, and I was trying to get the belt and go back home. And that is the mission, and that's what I was saying to you and everybody else. And then, matter of fact, one time, you know, I was having an interview with you. I said, "Mr. What was that?" It? And then I tried to pull the sword out of the case. You know, and I hit you on my elbow, blood in your nose, and blood all over you, the
1: place. You broke—that's <laughs> right—you broke my nose on TV with, with oh, the end God. of the sword. <laughs> but Jumbo, I, I Jumbo. think. More than anything, people the, the question when people want to talk about the old AWA, more, the, the one that comes up the most was people would say, well, the sheet used to say that to you. What in the world did that mean? <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, God. I enjoyed the trip, you know, and I think when I came in, to be honest with you, uh, Vern told me he said our territory I met him in Japan and all that too you know and he talked about Minnesota and i never been in Minnesota so I don't know nothing about it so the territory was down you know when I came in and I started wrestling and uh, there was not too many people in there that built it up with all the shouting with all the swords and the ice and that and, and they never seen a sheikh before, and I was genuine. I didn't think they said, Well, I spoke soccer in Arabic, that was all garbage. That's the Arabic. I'm just shouting. I said, This is not. It's real Arabic. I spoke Arabic. I spoke Farsi, Iranian, and a little bit of Japanese at the time, and English I learned later on. So it did good. Like in Minnesota, we started filling out everywhere, you know. You know that very well, right?
1: I I mean, if if you think back, how amazing was it in in the the glory days with you and Nick Bockwinkle, Bobby Heenan, Hulk Hogan, the Crusher, Blackjack Lanza, Mad Dog Vashon? I mean, you you look at at the talent – in those days, for what was still a regional territory, I mean, it, it was really the glory days.
5: Yeah, it was the glory, believe me. I think I enjoyed it so much. All the talent, even Hulk, uh, Hogan, I mean, uh, he was there, you see, he said it. And Andre the Giant came later on for a while yep. in Minnesota. <clears throat> And I knew him from Europe, and I met him and took him to Baghdad, and we were uh, hugging each other, and I took him out to dinner. Well, we we good friends, you know. So he was shocked to see me there. But just like he said, we were incredible and unbelievable. I remember a lot of shows I went. I wrestled and Barbrezki, some spot shows here and there. We can even get into the, to the ring, so many people. I was, yep. I was I was very proud, you know.
1: Now, Adnan, yeah. uh, Bruce, and Brady and I talked a little bit about it before you came on the air with us. Uh, when you and Sergeant Slaughter teamed up in WWF, and Sarge kind of did the yeah. the heel turn, but. Uh, before how did that come about where and I mean it was kind of a, a long line of, of, of AWA alumni that that made the move to the WWF, but how did it occur for for you to go from AWA to to WWF and, and take us through, you know, how Vince Came up with and, and talked Sarge into kind of teaming up and, and doing the heel turn. Yeah.
5: Well, the reason, you know, at that time in Kuwait, actually, if you studied history, Kuwait, it was inside the map of Iraq. The British took it and they started using it as a resting place when they traveled. It was Kut, K U I T. And later on, when they used it, they turned it to the people who lived there. And then they made it Kuwait, and the, the Kuwait the guns got bigger. And all of a sudden, they had a war. America came in and, and invaded Kuwait, and they uh, attacked Saddam Hussein, and there's a lot of people. And it was a huge thing. And I was with Vince, and I said, Vince. You know, that's a good gimmick here. Kuwait it belongs to Iraq. And I've been there wrestling so many times and so forth and so on. So why don't I team up as a general and go with, with Sergeant Slaughter, and we both team up against the United States of America. Maybe we we'll could make some money, we'll make, he said, That is a hell of an idea. And he took it seriously. And I got a suit that looked like just sat down when he wore his military suit. I still have it. With the gun and everything else and the boots when I walked in there. The prince looked at me, he said, Oh my god, I cannot believe. It. Who and all that? I said, I know what a lady and I bought the stuff and I went in, and I told her I'll show her the picture, she then and did it. I heard it. Is. Take a look at it. What do you think? He said, I think everything is fantastic. It's the only thing I want you to um, worry about the gun. We don't want to take the gun with you in the because it must cause some trouble. I said, okay, we'll take it off. So I didn't want the gun. Sergeant Slaughter came in and I brought him in and I told him, Sergeant Slaughter, the United States of America took Kuwait and Kuwait along to Iraq and this is not right and we, are in America, get it out, for burn the flag, the United States of America flag will burn it on TV. I did. And then we become so popular. Everywhere we went in the territory, including the Madison Square Garden that is not one seat empty, 10, I swear to God. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, five people came into the ring when I was wrestling one time and the finishing they came out and said we would like to talk to you. I said, Okay, he took me on the side. He said, We are from the FBI and the CIA and the White House very upset about the whole thing and what you doing so far about but we cannot stop you. This is a free country. Do what you want, but I ask you for your own good to stop doing what you doing. Take the flag, put it away, and cool it down because there's a lot of people very hot. They want to get a gun and sit for the audience, and one shot, they give it to you, and then you're done. I said, you're absolutely right. Pardon be? And then we decided not to take the flag in the middle of the ring. We went to Madison Square Garden's... Uh, can I promise you, you Nene, know, with the flag when I'm in the ring with the uniform, there was about over 100, 150 flags, big ones. they all inside the garden. What is against I cannot see. USA, 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 Shouting, unbelievable. I couldn't hit, I couldn't even get out of the ring. I thought they are going to kill me. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot. It was the best gimmick we ever did. Uh,
1: yeah, it it, it it was over, and, and I, I know Bruce. You and I talked before about a lot of the security concerns surrounding that WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, that's, I was I was curious yeah. adding on. I mean, before WrestleMania, first was was there ever talk? I've heard other people mention that before they got before Vince got Sergeant Slaughter. There, the original plan was for Tugboat to play that role of the Iraqi sympathizer. Were you part of that of that period of time when, when that was discussed? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was.
5: Everything, Sergeant and I as a team, we stayed together for a long time, for a long time together. You know, even when the people, just like I said, from the White House, he said they got us, like, who called it that, who called it that, and then, he loved it. It's a publicity for him, you know. You don't want to call it done. He wants to go hard and hard at me. No, we did. We did. We did everything. And uh, we took it slowly, slowly, slowly. And then we called it down. And then we cannot even fly together, him and I, anymore, Sergeant Slaughter, in the country. Wow. And we cannot ride the same plane. We have to change our identity. And they burned his house. No.
0: Wow! Sergeant slaughter house. They burned, burned his. They burned the They burned his house down. of
5: house. Yes. Yes. The people wow. they hated him so much because of what happened? We burned the flag and he was talking about uh, America and this and this, sergeant. So they burned his house.
0: Yeah. The and, was there, of, was, and was there was that? Were there threats in advance that would make i mean there was nobody in, in the house, I hope at that point in time was anything no was Sergeant no, slaughter no. able to get yeah get his yeah. things out safely they, they, and,
5: they want they want his wife and they want his uh kid. I think he's got two girls, and I don't know whether they, they were there or not they warned them just so so they left when so they left the
0: people attacked Tucker's house, yeah. And then tell I us about uh, Ken mentioned help. the the LA sports arena. So WrestleMania seven was originally supposed to be at the, uh, the big stadium out there in Los Angeles. And uh, I've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about the fact that there were security concerns with the big outdoor stadium. And that caused the move into the LA sports arena. I've heard other stories that it's actually a lack of ticket sales. So you were part of that experience. What, What's your recollection? Was it security? Was it ticket sales? Or maybe a mix of both that led to the venue change?
5: Well, it was security, to be honest with you. It was when we went over there. I remember that very well. And they were, they were so concerned how we're going to go on the ring for tonight. You know, no matter whether we had a flag or we don't have any flag, we waited it, I waited it whether the people they hate it or not you know that's the the hate is there the heat is there and I mean people when we walk they stand up and stop on the floor with it. us so you are know, you stuff like that <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to you I wish we had a film somebody take a film I'm sure they did but I never saw it it was the most amazing thing it was the most Different things it's most the most fantastic thing it's mostly uh something it never happened in the history of first link ever ever what happened between me and Sargent. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
5: you know it's amazing and, uh, think about uh, it Ben uh, loves it because you know why we saw that everywhere we went, <laughs> no matter the Madison the quarter got down, you can even get into it. And two or three shots, which cannot, I had to leave, and me and sergeant had to leave. They put us on third match, and the police came in and got us put us in the police car, and they drove us way about ten, fifteen, twenty mile away, so we can go
0: to our car. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Right. Yeah. And that that was and that was pretty much that was the end of that first Hulk Hogan run. So when that was over, the WWF at the time went into uh, you know, a lull in business. So you guys were at the peak of uh, of that height, that late 1980s, early 1990s era. And uh, and after that angle yeah. died off, so did wrestling for a little bit. Yeah.
5: Yeah. We had they had to cool it down, we had to they had to charge and they didn't book us anymore and you know, they didn't send us anymore. We were worried about it slowly, slowly, slowly we had to until we we it cannot even go together. I cannot even go on the run and manager, you know. Or we're making a tag match. Slowly, you know, we did it slowly. It was it was unbelievable. It was really you know they want some heat, and we
0: got it. <laughs> you got heat, yeah.
1: You know, we got heat. Yeah. Do, do you think, you know, back then it, it was still the the kayfabe era, and obviously with, with the the heat and, and the security concerns, was because a lot of wrestling fans actually believed that Sergeant Slaughter had had become a a traitor to the country. And and not only did did you have heat, I mean, there were, I mean, people literally hated you. And as you mentioned, you know, you actually had death threats. But the way the business has has changed now, you know, where where Vince, you know, kind of revealed it was scripted and predetermined, yeah. Do you, do you yeah. think an angle like that today could build up that same intense heat and and hatred with most people knowing what the business is today as opposed to back then?
5: Well, I think you're right. You've got a good you know, And I, I felt that way. I mean, I said, hey. We in this business, to get over, to get heat with the people, so we draw people. But if you don't have any heat and people are not hating you because you're a that big hero, and we did it, Sergeant and I. And that was a legit, Is not bullshit about it. I am from Baghdad, Iraq. And they bombed my country, and they killed my family, and they killed some relatives from my family. The bombs and this and that. And now we cannot, really, they go to Kuwait and take Kuwait and Kuwait belong to Baghdad, and they take Baghdad and kill so many soldiers, too. That is unbelievable. I mean, I was really pissed, you know. But sure. what can you do? What
1: can you do? We
5: <clears> got <throat> the heat.
1: Need... I, 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 and I mean, Adnan, <clears throat> that, that's a really <clears throat> great point that, besides it still being the the kayfabe era with the political unrest and the wars, it was really the perfect storm for that angle to develop the heat and and hatred. I mean, you had everything going to build that up.
5: You're right. Exactly. I'll tell you what, nobody... A lot of people that believe about was just like he said, oh, you got to be kayfabe, and people, they don't believe in it, Papa, pa ba this and this and that. But when we went, charge and I, they believed in everything we did. And the guy who was they were worship the black God. And if they had a gun, they would give them the gun just to shoot us. That is how serious it was. Forget about the case. If somebody will go down there and they tell the sun so hot, hey, don't do that. It's all gay. Fits. They will have shot him for saying that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Sure. Oh yeah.
5: Yeah, they will kill them. They will kill them. They were serious, so serious, so serious about the whole situation. It's not even funny, and we cannot do anything about it. Why, right? blah.
1: Then I'm going to sit in the room and I say, hey, come on, you stupid son of a bitch. Come on. No. No. <laughs> uh, no Bruce, have we got uh, any text questions?
0: I think we covered, we covered most of them, Ken. Uh, I have one. Uh, let me go back to my Twitter app. So uh, we have a question on Twitter that says uh, they want to know, Adnan, what you think about the WWE doing events in Saudi Arabia.
3: Uh, That was my question. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, so... (laughs) Well... I I got it off of Twitter, Brady, and
0: it's not your name. I know.
5: I was going to do a lot of wrestling in Saudi Arabia when I was promoting when I was was with Saddam back in Baghdad, Iraq. And then, matter of fact, the Minister of uh, uh, Sports at Saudi Arabia came to Baghdad. And I met with him and sit down to come to watch and he sat down and talked to me. He said we could furnish did and all the thing, you know. And, but we cannot really invite anybody from the Baghdad to come to see you, like right? it's shot, you know, because of the time Saddam was not over with with with, with Saudi Arabia. They don't like him, and they don't trust him, and so forth and so on. And they know I'm very close to him, and it's difficult, you know. So we, I talked to him about it. I said, I could do it, no problem. But now they did it. They did it in Saudi Arabia. I wish I was there, you know. That's the only thing I could say. I wish I were there because I know the prince very well, you know, the guy in charge of all the things. And the only thing I can do if I have one his number. I will pick up his number and call him. I will be flying tomorrow from here to there. But it's the only thing I can say is this. I hope they have taken some good wrestlers, good amateurs, they got who could wrestle, who they wrestle in college, Or they have a good medal on this and this and that. And let them do some wrestling and throw. Mix it together and make the show look good, like I used to do. I used to do five minutes from the match all amateur. I go behind, I do cutout, I go back, pop up, then I go fall home and break, and then go after five minutes to professional. So, if they did it all from the beginning, they probably took some people, they didn't even like, themselves out with the toilet paper. If you ask me, I don't know who went over there. That is bad for the business. Because later on if they find out, the it's they're going to be problems. Hmm.
4: Uh,
1: yeah. Adnan, we're, are you, knowing the Saudi Arabia regime like you do, uh, even though they couldn't wear their normal ring attire, were you surprised when the kingdom allowed Vince to use women wrestlers on, on the last show over there?
5: Did they allow women wrestling in Saudi Arabia?
1: Yes, on, on the last show they had, uh, Bruce, it, it, it was uh, Natty Neihart, um and she wrestled uh, – I forget who 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 did uh Natalia wrestle on the last show. You know, they they couldn't wear their normal wrestling attire, but Vince somehow talked the the uh, Saudi Arabia government into allowing a, a women's match at the last show in Saudi Arabia.
0: Brady was it was it Lacey that wrestled Natty at that show?
3: It was, yes. Yeah. How
0: oh, was that?
3: It was surprising, I mean but you know they they obviously had them covered up, but yeah, it was a... Uh, well, really, really that, is, that
1: is, to me that is shocking
5: to know a woman person over there, no matter, if they cover them up completely, maybe it be a different story, but if they let them more attire like they were here in in, in New York with they Russell the ass showing in as a gal. they I look, don't think they would they go look good over there,
3: they you look know? kind of like power Rangers. Adnan.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, God, I could have went over there, to be very honest with you. I could have got a ticket and flew over there, and just to meet the prince, I know very well. If I just had to find his phone number and call him and tell him, he would have sent for me to come.
3: Adnan, it. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, I, I was just wondering, I mean, just given the way... Uh, a lot of cultures are negatively portrayed by WWE over the years. Uh, I'm not sure how much you keep up with the current product, but there's one star in particular. His name is uh, M- M- uh, Mustafa Ali, and uh, they they Mustafa he, he, Mustafa Ali. And, and he is amazing, and and he's a Muslim, and and he's a Muslim American, and he's such a positive figure and a role model and a hero. And I was wondering if you could comment on that, the fact that. Um, uh, Muslims are, are being portrayed positively today on television.
5: Well, if he's a Muslim, I mean, he can stay as a Muslim, but he cannot go in the ring and do the prayers to prove to the people that he's a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Or to go on uh, on the TV and talk about the Muslim people and then so far and so on, you know. That is just impossible. That is just impossible. Hmm. I mean, I did it in Baghdad, Iraq. One of the greatest, and my family, just like I told you, and my uncles and all that, they all in the mosque, all in the mosque, doing everything that is got needs to be done to the people in the mosque, from divorce and marriage and this and that, and separation, maybe, but you cannot, you know. Take a woman, and she is not really well covered. Or you, as a Muslim, and go there and talk. What that guy Mustafa Ali?
3: His name. He's telling me. What is he from? Uh, uh, he is. Uh, he's from Chicago, <laughs> but he's uh, a he's a Muslim American.
5: Yeah, yeah and, well, and... he's a Muslim American. So, what the hell did he do? Does he speak Arabic?
3: Uh, he does. I believe he does. I I, I just found it interesting. It's not so much of a a persona as they're allowing him to actually be himself. And the story isn't that he's Muslim. The story is that he's a good wrestler. What did he wrestle? He wrestles for WWE, for WWF. Oh, he wrestles for WWF, yeah. Yes, he does.
5: Yeah, but no, I'm just saying, did he have any... Background as a good amateur, won the NCAA.
3: I'm not. I'm the
5: Metro I am am, not. Sure. No,
3: no. I, I could. I'm not sure. No.
1: You know, I, i um, As we get close to to wrapping up, w- w- one of the yeah. questions a lot of people all, all, always wonder, in your career, and and certainly you are most well known for, you know, our time together. Uh, in in AWA and and WWF as General Adnan. Of of all the guys you worked with, who was your favorite to work with in the ring or or one or two of your favorites to to really work with?
5: (laughs) To be honest with you, Lou Az. Lou Az he was the heavyweight champion of the world and I was in the business for a year. And I was in Minnesota when he came in, and I wrestled him. And I don't know that much about wrestling. And then when I wrestled with him, we went one hour until the last minute of the hour. And he was in the mat still, trying to get up, and I was on my feet. And I helped him out. And he dropped me and hugged me. He said, you know what? I think they the greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. Keep it up, brother. Keep it up. You're going to make money. You're going to be the champion. And with you know, at that time, he was pretty rugged, pretty rough. But we didn't sure. I mean I wrestled him. I mean, everything he wants to do, I was riding there, palm, palm, up and down. It was unbelievable. He said, you don't know how much I enjoyed that match. Adnan, I said, well, I did too. I enjoyed it more than I needed. So maybe we'll meet again and we'll wrestle again. He said, you are so shook and we'll be friends. That was the match. One hour draw in the ring for the heavyweight champion of the world. And he was.
1: And Adnan, on on the other side, who was your least favorite to have to work with?
0: And trying to think. Most people say the ultimate warrior.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, no. I, I worked. We worked tag match. Me and Sergeant against him and his partner in the Madison Square Garden. We had a good match. Sargent liked to work with him. I don't like to work with him because he's just too busy hitting the ring and do this and do that and jump up and down. He, he doesn't know the match for a while. He doesn't have the timing. There is a timing in the match. He cannot screw up the timing. If you do, you lose the match. And we lost the match a couple of times ago. You know, but the worst, worst I ever, Russell, actually, to be honest with you, was Mad Dog Vashant. Do you, do you want, you know, that you want to explain, explain why? Yeah. Why? Yes. I mean, I mean, he was amateur in Canada. He was amateur, and he forgot it probably. So when he went in there, and all this, I mean, I couldn't slam him. I could arm and drag him. I could not pick him up with him and give him an ass I could not do all this because he was hurt, or I don't know. You know, and all the time he puts me in the corner and he goes to my ear he bites me in my ear, the stick is sang in my ear, I'm supposed to have a match with him, right oh i i
1: i I know apologies to some of the call we we didn't get any callers, and uh. Bruce Brady is probably mad at us because we went well over. Uh, we kind of missed the, our, our break. <laughs> uh, but
3: I could, Bruce all or, or day Brady,
1: day. A, any final thoughts?
0: Oh, is that no I mean, day? from my, from, from my, from my position, I think we covered a whole lot. And, and I'm just very appreciative that you, uh, you picked our show to, uh, to do your very first uh, podcast here. And, and we appreciate it. I think uh, you opened up a lot. You gave uh, a lot of the wrestling fans things that they haven't heard ever. And, uh, and even from uh, just a historical standpoint, I think you took people behind the scenes in, uh, in world history, because there's, uh, there's just so much with that whole uh, period of unrest uh, that started in the Middle East in in the nineties. So I really appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, we, uh, we, we appreciate the time that you took with us today. No problem. Anytime, you
5: know, you got my brother. That's Ken Resnick. He's my brother. Whatever he tell me, I do. And <laughs> if he needs <laughs> anymore, uh, you know, he you know, got to get home of me. And we'll be very happy. Uh, so, you know, Ken is next to you. He's a good man. I like him. He's genuine. He's not bullshit. He's fine. So stay with him, and he will take you to a lot of people and to read this like he it to me. <laughs> well, I, he not, like
1: I, him, I, he I,
5: doesn't applaud I, him. him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Adnan, I, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for doing this. Uh, we'll talk soon, and I love you, my brother.
5: I love you, too. Thank you very much. I hope you guys do well with it, and I hope I gave you enough information and I've talked enough that actually not that you know I've been in Japan there's so many things happening I've been in Australia there's so many things I for we we'll go there I have to have a week to explain overseas you. you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so thank you for having me I hope you do what you guys are looking after and if it's not call me back okay
1: thank all you right, brother love too. you
4: the winner of this round, wow. anyway, really and new world heavyweight a champion, Randy Lundgren. Randy motton Savage has regained the championship. This right here is the future of wrestling.